Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. Turn back to 2 Timothy. I want us to look here in chapter 4 and some things that I want you to follow along and take note of tonight. Really, the title this morning should be Timeless Truth, not Truths, but Truth. Because there's one book, one body of truth, and this is the faith that we're to earnestly contend for that was once delivered, and each generation must uh, stand fast and contend for the faith. So it talks about the truth there it, back in chapter 3 and verse 7, the truth. And then in chapter 4 and verse 4, uh, they shall turn away their ears from the truth, the timeless truth for changing times, timeless truth. And it's found in the Word of God. We read in chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, well, the Bible says in verse 5, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Demonstrated in every way, not just outwardly, but have the testimony and the integrity that is necessary before God inwardly. Make full proof of thy ministry, thy ministry that God has entrusted to you. What are you going to do with what God has entrusted you with? For I am now ready to be offered in the time of my departure is at hand. I'm going to meet God with the opportunity that he entrusted me with. I fought a good fight. The word fault there has the thought of to agonize. And sometimes it's agonizingly difficult to stand fast. The challenge of first century Christianity was to die for Christ. The challenge of present day Christianity is to live for Christ. People are just saying, I'm done. As far as I go. I'm tired. They're just opting out. Just checking out. And by the way, there are not only those who just don't attend church and serve the Lord at all, but there are those who attend, but it's just in body, but not in heart and soul and mind. How far will you go with the Lord? Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. See, there it is, the truth, the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, the righteous judge. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? He shall. Not to me only, but unto all them who also love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Underline that word, uh, forsaken. We face forsakers in this Christian life, this journey, this great endeavor of serving God and doing His will. There are those who are forsakers. They go just so far, and sometimes they may go a long ways. But there's always a point to where they say, you know what, this is as far as I go. This is where I get off. This is where I step aside. This is where I'm out. I wonder, will you be a Demas? Remember this. Demas forsook Paul and the work of God because he had no doubt forsaken the God of the work. You see, it was about the Lord. 
People forsake the house of God because they forsake the God of the house. And so he was a forsaker. But he forsook the Lord because he loved the present world more than the Lord. Now think about it. The present world for Demas has long since now been the past world. His life came and went. So will yours and mine. It will come and go. May the Lord help us to go all the way with the Lord. May the Lord help us to finish him. May there not be a point where we say, now you know what, I've had enough. I'm tired, I'm weary, I've been there, done that. I've lived it, I've gone through. Listen, that's why you need to be renewed within day by day because outwardly these things will wear on you and take their toll over time. And some of us, that may be where we're at. We're just doing it because we know it's right to do. But in our heart, we're struggling with that. And we just need to spend some time with God and get things renewed there within. Get a right uh, perspective, a right take on where we're at and what is important. Someone said, when you think about quitting, just go back and remember why you started. Just go back and remember where the Lord uh, was in your life, how he was working, what he did, what brought you to the place of opportunity he's given you. Be careful being weary in well-doing. But he was a forsaker. Will you be someone who cannot or will not, who chooses not to hold out, to hold on, to last, to finish for the Lord? He also speaks of one Alexander the coppersmith in verse 14. He said, Now he did me much evil, evil, and the Lord reward him according to his works. There were many Alexanders in Paul's day. That was a common name. And so he points out the one in particular. Now you'll know who I'm talking about when I say Alexander the coppersmith, Timothy. Now, he was not trying to hurt this man. He was simply trying to keep this man from hurting Timothy. Do you see the difference there? That's why I warned him. I, I don't want you to be hurt by this man. I'm just calling him out for your sake. I'm not trying to hurt him. I just don't want him to hurt you. See, some people, they like to call people out because they want to hurt them. They want to discredit them. They want them to feel a little bit of what they made them feel. And so that's their heart. They're proud. They're petty. They're simple in their thinking. And they're vindictive. We need to grow beyond that. We need to mature beyond that. You hurt me? Well, if I have to say anything, I'll just say it to others so that they don't get hurt like I got hurt. I'll say it to them not to hurt that person, but to warn them. Do you see the difference there? I think it's so amazing here. Uh, hold your place, but look back in Proverbs right quick. Proverbs chapter 11, I thought it was interesting as I was studying and preparing this message. The Bible says, Proverbs chapter 11, just so you see the verse, A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. A faithful spirit, a talebearer, someone who is spreading gossip and rumors. They're broadcasting, and that's the word revealeth. It's like shining the light on it. Hey, looky here, listen to this. Did you hear this? Did you know about that? A talebearer revealeth secrets. Things that should not be broadcast is the thought. Things that really are not conducive to the glory of God or to the edification of other people could even become a stumbling block to them. But he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. I think about that. Uh, this is someone who is faithful. It has the thought of 
someone who will build up or support, to foster as a parent or a nurse. Think about it. It's someone who is true. He that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. The thought there is not uh, hiding it, but trying to show deference to someone and not betray a confidence or a trust or to highlight their fault. They're of a faithful spirit. They're more of someone who cares about that person. You understand? See, Paul's not trying to hurt Alexander. He needs the Lord. But his love for Timothy motivates him to warn him. Do you see the difference there? It's not just like sour grapes. Hey, let me tell you about what this guy did. Let me tell you about him. Somebody needs to tell about this guy. Really? See, it's exactly opposite. If you have a faithful spirit, it's like a, a, to foster a, a child, to come alongside of a child when there's a need there, there's an absence there, a nurse, there, there's some kind of sickness or pain, and that person needs help. A faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Well, I need to go help that person. I need to pray for him or her. I need to befriend them. I need to be there for them. I don't need to condemn them or criticize them over their fault. Now, that's not to excuse it, obviously, right? But are you of a faithful spirit? See, Alexander was not a faithful man. He was a fighting man. All he wanted to do was fight and, 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 and withstand, and that's what he did. And he said, the Lord reward him according to his works. I'll just leave him with God. But then he went on and he talked about how the Lord stood with him in verse 17. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. He talks about how God will deliver and God will preserve. He has confidence in the Lord. And so in the work of God, you're going to face forsakers, you're going to face fighters, but you're going to face a faithful God. So look to the Lord. Don't let other people get your eyes off of God who is faithful. Now, look back in chapter number 3. Remember we talked in chapter 4 or chapter 3 in verse 4 about those who are traitors. Traitors. That's a characteristic of these days in which we live. A traitor is one who in the sense of giving forward into another's enemy's hands. In other words, they betray you to your enemy. Rather than being there to stand by you and to come alongside of you and fight with you, they're fighting against you. Remember Judas? He betrayed the Lord into the hands of his enemies. Those who had it out for him, it's like, hey, this is the one right here. Hey, this is the one you want to take with you. Traitors. I wonder, are you of a faithful spirit? Or when you hear someone has a fault, a shortcoming, do you get excited? Are you glad to share it? Or can you just not wait to call somebody or talk to them and say, let me tell you what I heard. Did you hear this? Did you know this? I thought it was interesting. I read some signs of unfriendly, <clears throat> excuse me, unfriendly friends. Unfriendly friends plot against you at night and laugh at you in the morning. They smile a lot and act nice to you, but really they're talking and gossiping behind your back. They appear when they need you and disappear when you need them. They're very selfish and self-centered. 
Your success threatens them. They get upset when something good happens to you. They're highly covetous. They blackmail you emotionally. They take advantage of you, cause you pain, hurt, and deceive you. They always try to compete with you and make you feel they are better than you. Unfriendly friends always criticize you negatively. They constantly point out all the negative things about your life. They don't see anything good in you. They discredit you and doubt everything you say or do. They hold you in low esteem, in contempt, and spread lies about you. They lack faith in you and belittle your achievements. They're not consistent. You can't depend on them, rely upon them. They're not trustworthy. They rejoice when something bad happens in your life. Your pain gives them joy secretly deep in their hearts. They're happy when you share your secrets with them, your struggles. They're going to use it against you to blackmail, hurt, or betray you without notice. Sometimes your problem is not the problem. Your actual problem is the person you tell your problem to. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Be careful who you tell your heart to because there are those who will guard that, their faithful spirit. And then there are those who will broadcast that. They're disloyal. As a talebearer. The Bible talks about seven things the Lord hates in the verse or the book of Proverbs. And one thing is, is a talebearer that goes about spreading rumor and gossip or divulging things that should be kept in confidence. Well, we need to be careful. Some people have no regard for what they say about who, and sometimes it's the people that love them the most or have been there for them and have cared for them in every way, but if they ever come up short or if they don't come through in an area they thought they should have come through for them, they're done with them, and they're going to broadcast that and tell people about it. You're not of a faithful spirit if you have that kind of response to people who've loved you and cared for you. We often think it's everybody else's problem that I am not supported more, or I am not befriended more, or I am not encouraged more. And sometimes it's exactly opposite because the Bible says, he that hath friends must do what? Show himself friendly. We want everybody to help us, but are we willing to help them? We want everyone to stand by us in our time of need and give us grace and mercy. Are we willing to do the same for them? You see? Traitors. We live in a day of forsakers, fighters, those who resist the Lord and His workers in His service. I thought it was interesting because when you study this and you realize the answer to all of this betrayal, Deception, smoke and mirrors, all of these type things that people get caught up in in the day and the times in which we live, again, is the truth of God's Word. It's sound doctrine. It's doing what is right, trusting that God is faithful and trustworthy. If there's ever been a day where we need to earnestly contend for the faith, preach the Word in season and out of season. Fight the good fight. Run well. Finish well. Keep the faith. Hold fast. Be steadfast. It is this hour. For a world at its worst needs a church at its best. Not lackadaisical. Not hesitant. Not out of priority. 
not out of sync, but working together, humbly serving the Lord together, counting everyone as valued and important and as needed. Because the truth about it is this, is there's not a one, uh, not a one among us here tonight that is without fault. Isn't that right? All right? We all have that settled. We're not without fault. And if you think you're without fault, that's your fault. <laughs> okay? So that's one right there. Everybody has faults. People think that a church that is blessed by God is made up of people with no faults and no shortcomings and no challenges. And everybody has such great faith and such great joy. And by the way, that's projected a lot of times. See, let's experience God. So they experience it, as it were, on Sundays. But then the backbiting, the carnality, and the striving, the pride that manifests itself oftentimes in relationships of the week, that is not highlighted. And it shouldn't be in that sense, but you understand what I'm saying. We don't see that. We don't see that. We think it's this, this smoke and mirrors. It's all this thing of experiencing God when it's really about knowing God and becoming like Christ and having His heart, His spirit, His mind, His understanding. Do you see? That's what sets us apart. I mentioned to you this morning about getting involved in this day. We have the truth for a time of division, a time of disloyalty, a time of darkness. We have the truth. We have the light. We don't have to be subject to that. We don't have to be at the mercy of that. We don't have to treat others like they may treat us. We don't have to respond and just kind of fight fire with fire. We don't fight evil with evil. We overcome evil with good. Now God wants us to be mindful of that and to help us with that because that's where we are. That's our challenge. Overcome evil or be overcome by evil. I mentioned to you this morning about the silence of the American church, and this writer said, is the silence of the American church on a host of issues today that many people say, oh, that's not a gospel-related issue. I don't want to be divisive. I don't want to be political. Is that silence which directly parallels to the silence of German Christians in the early 30s, and it led to the satanic evil of the Nazi takeover of that culture where they crushed the church? This writer believes if only another few thousand Bible-believing pastors had spoken out, in that day the Nazis would not have succeeded. Yet instead, their silence doomed the German church and the nation leading to the Holocaust. I want to tell you, you cannot negotiate with evil. Everybody's talking about let's just go along to get along. You can't negotiate with evil. You have to defeat evil. You understand that? And all those who promote coexist, they promote that uh, value, as it were, that they will espouse up until they get in power, and then there's no coexisting. It's putting to silence those who would speak up and speak out. Now get this. This writer said, this was not biblical uh, this is not what God was calling them to, the German church pastors would say. But the church hesitated enough and kept silent enough for long enough that the Nazis utterly took over and really did things so evil that when we look back and think, well, that can never happen again. And what he's saying is the th same thing that happened in those days is happening now to silence the church here in our own country. 
in our day. Cultural Marxism infiltrating our society. It is advancing these ideas in our schools and in our government, in our places of business, in media, in every realm of life. And yet, the church sits on the sidelines. We're a part of the culture so many times, we cannot even see where it's headed and the compromise that is brought into our lives. Breaking silence to make change takes courage and persistence. Now get this, nearly 200 years ago, Christian abolitionist William Wilberforce fought to end slavery throughout the British Empire. He knew it was satanic, and he was political in saying, we've got to do what we can because we're Christians. And when people say, but you're being political, he would say, no, I'm simply doing what God commanded me to do, to be a voice for the voiceless. The African slaves don't have a voice. If I don't speak, God will judge me. If I don't speak for the unborn today, God will judge me. If I don't speak against socialism and Marxism and totalitarianism that is coming into our country, which is basically communism, thinking that has invaded this generation, then where does that leave us? This is our battle in our day in our generation. God doesn't want us to keep quiet, to have a private faith, and just preach the gospel within these four walls. He wants us to stand up and be a voice for the voiceless. And we live in a country where we have freedom of speech, freedom of religion. Why would we even hesitate to speak the truth in love? Don't be coward. Don't be intimidated. It was the intimidation tactic of those in the 30s that silenced so many pastors. It's like, well, let's just go along. I can get along about anybody. You know, I'll be all right. And in this spirit of tolerance sometimes to where once that got into power, there was an intolerance. And I'm telling you, it slammed an iron fist on those. All those that went along so that they would be okay and uh, they would keep their ministry and their church. I'll tell you what. They saw the end of that. You cannot negotiate with evil. You must push back and defeat it. He says here, people have died so we can talk freely in this country. But a chill has fallen over our nation and the church has become silent. And there are voices in the church advocating silence that we step back and we just kind of maintain and stay pure as it were and not even go there. When you take salt and light out of any realm, what takes its place? Darkness and decay. And that's what's happening. It's so unwise, so foolish, so dangerous. He urges Christians to take courage and respond boldly before it's too late. God will not hold us guiltless. God will judge us for our silence because our silence is wrong. God calls us to the battle, and if the church will understand this and will speak, we'll avoid this horror that befell Germany. But if we continue in this, exactly what happened there will happen here. Time is very, very short. Our opportunity is before us, church family, to step up, to speak up, to be that salt and light God's called us to be, to be organized 
at another level as a local church family where everyone finds his or her place of service, moving forward the work of God in this place, in these days, and beyond. That's what God's called us to. Are you actively involved? Are you still praying about an area of service? Well, pray and ask God for his mind. There are opportunities. And when you get it, don't squander it. Don't do so little with it. Don't just take it or leave it type approach. If you have that approach to service to God, I'll tell you, Vance Havner said, for those who have a take it or leave it mindset with the work of God, at some point they'll leave it. You got to be all in. You got to say, Lord, here's my heart. I'm going to do what I'm doing as unto you. Yeah, there are faults. They're all around us, but I'm going to do what I'm doing as unto you. That's the only way that I continue. It's the only way. I have to just say, Lord, I'm going to do this unto you. Because otherwise, you see how people get caught up with rich and increased with goods, have need of nothing. Let's just sit back. And the church has sat back far too long. And may God stir us toward Him. That's what revival is. Stirring toward God. A fresh stirring toward His Word. A return to truth. To God's Word and its authority in our lives. First century Rome was characterized by this saying. Give us bread and the circus. That was their rallying cry. Give us bread. Government take care of us and entertain us. And look what happened to that great nation. Great in the sense of vast. Too big to fail. Isn't that amazing? Too big to fail. That's what people think about America. They think we're just too big to fail. We're not. May God have mercy on us in these days. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.